Welcome to season four of Business Book Talk. I'm your host, Bob Garlick. This year, we have even more great books to help you excel in business and life. You can search for book topics and themes at businessbooktalk.com or subscribe using your smartphone for great content on the go. Hey everybody, Bob here again. I've got duct tape selling. Think like a marketer, sell like a superstar. I'm with John Jantz today. He's the author of Duct Tape Marketing and The Referral Engine and many other books. You are a super prolific dude, man. Well, uh, I've been, I've owned my own business for over 25 years now. And so I was able to squeeze uh, three or 400,000 words uh, out of that. (laughs) But finding the time to do it is the tricky part. Yeah, it, it is. I guess in in a way, maybe a marketer has an advantage. I don't know. Um, I, I'm I'm doing this work every day for clients on behalf of clients. I'm teaching it, so I think that drives a lot of the ability to hopefully document it or have a reason to document it. I've been blogging since 2003, and uh, somebody with a careful eye might actually find that a number of my blog posts make it into my books. And so I think when when you kind of have that global picture of a body of work, if you will, uh, that, that I think that takes, it, it's still hard work stringing 78,000 words together that, that hopefully are coherent and, and help somebody. But uh, I, I do some amount of it every day as, as a course of work, really. Hmm. Do you think because blogging exists now, uh, things, things like this are, are a little bit easier? You write a blog post, you're kind of writing a book every year. Yeah, I, I, I think there's no question, but it's probably more than anything else, uh, people's desire and expectation and appetite for content is, is probably what's driven blogs in the first place mm-hmm. um, and, and driven people's desire and motivation to get up every morning and say, okay, I need to put down six or 700 more words today. I, I think that's probably as much as anything. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your book since that's what the show's about. Why do you say uh, think like a marketer and sell like a superstar? Well, I have uh, myself. I I started actually uh, my first job out of college was a sales job. And I really always felt like instead of being that salesperson that showed up and the the person was like, okay, well, what are you going to sell me now? (laughs) What do you you want? Uh, that, That I would be the one that would show up and say, hey, how can I help you in Anyway, how can I help you in ways that are unrelated to what I sell? Who else can I introduce you to? What don't you have? What's hard to find? Um, and and that approach really I served me extremely well because I was useful to my clients uh, as opposed to being a pest. In fact, I was useful before I ever tried to sell them something. And I think that marketers really the last ten or twelve years have started to realize that's that's what's driving all of this this content that we're putting out and and the and the fact that now you know buyers uh, go online and they start their journey in many cases they're they're 90% towards making a decision before a company's even contacted i mean i think a lot of that has driven some significant changes in marketing over the last 10 years and uh, personally most you know my audience is typically small business owners. And when it really comes down to it, they may say that they do marketing, but what they really do is, is selling or a very personal approach to marketing. And, and so what I wanted to do was say, hey, that, that sales approach 
of, of really just being very personal uh, in your marketing is actually something that salespeople, true salespeople, people that do that for a living and as a profession need to adopt. And it really does have uh, a lot to do with some of the principles that are effective in marketing. Yeah, it's very true. And I want to jump in here and, and talk about this word because it pisses me off so many times. People say, oh, we're looking to hire a marketer. And what they're actually looking for is a salesperson. And that is such a fundamental mistake that a lot of companies do. A marketer is not a salesperson. A marketer is somebody that's filling the sales funnel so you can get a salesperson, and a salesperson is a closer. Am I off on that? Well, I, I think you, you probably define the classic sense of those two uh, ideas as most people still today define them. Uh, I'm actually suggesting that we have to change that mentality some. And a great deal of what I talk about in this book is changing that mentality. And it's not because marketing, well, marketing and sales have changed, but that's not the reason we have to change. The reason (laughs) we have to change is because the way people buy has changed Mm. dramatically. A great deal of how they come to know our companies or how they come to access our companies or how they even make a decision about buying our products and services is no longer in our control. In fact, in many cases, we don't even know about it, that it's going on. Um, And and I think that that kind of tears that classic sort of linear approach uh, funnel that you described I think it kind of tears it down a bit mm-hmm. uh, because uh, so many uh, so many buyers now. I mean, there is you know I don't have a telephone in my office. Uh, it's very difficult. It'd be very very hard to cold call me <laughs> um, in, in you know in any any physical or or you know non physical manner. Um, and and I think that that what I'm really suggesting is that now salespeople have to get involved. In the in the journey that I'm that that buyer is going to go on at a much earlier point. In fact, at a point before they even know uh, that they're looking for something, mm. and and so that's where you start getting into what I would call you know classic marketing turf. Uh, you need to start as a salesperson. You need to start identifying who makes an ideal client for you because. The reality is we'd all love to live in this world where uh, where marketing was actually measured and and their primary objective was to uh, keep was to hand over incredibly valuable leads to the the sales force uh, but I- any kind of research that you do suggests that that most marketing organizations are capable of doing that at, at about a 20 to 25% clip maybe mm-hmm. of of the leads that, that that salesperson needs in order to survive and thrive um, or meet what they're measured on. And so most salespeople go out there and generate a great deal of their own leads. And what I'm suggesting is if that's the case, uh, that then you have to you have to do it in a much more marketing way. You have to connect. You have to be useful. You have to provide insight instead of just uh, dumping more information. And, and so a lot of the tactics that I talk about uh, certainly, and that's what's been interesting about this book. I, I, re- I really wrote it for the the professional salesperson, but what I'm I'm getting just as much positive feedback from the entrepreneur who is saying, "Hey, this is really just the way. This is the end-to-end approach we need to do for sales and marketing." And and actually, ironically, I, I'm getting a lot of interest from large organizations, uh, the leadership in sales and marketing, and a lot of organizations saying this book is actually explains how we can get sales and marketing on the same page. Yeah, actually, uh, sales, marketing, and design. When I worked at a large organization, there seemed to be this ongoing battle, this turf war 
where you would have the sales department and the marketing department duking it out, and then the marketing department and the communication division, the Marcom division that was doing the actual material, duking out, saying, we more we need more relevant brochures, this isn't working, and then the sales guys saying, we don't need brochures, we just need to be doing this and that. There was a lot of miscommunication. Do you well, think and, that's changed? And, yeah, and then let's add one more. Then the sales guy's promising the moon, and then service has to deliver. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, the poor service guys. Rock in a hard place all the time. That's right. Do you think the service people are way more important, way more relevant now because they're the people that, you know, let's, for me, I believe that the customer that's walking into a brick and mortar or picking up the phone and talking to a company, they know more about the product and the industry uh, relevance of that product than most salespeople that are on the other side. Well, I think that's absolutely true, or it certainly can be true. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have to be true, but, but it certainly can be true if you're that salesperson who thinks your job is to show up and explain features and benefits, because mm. uh, I think those days are over, because as you as you said, they certainly, uh, that's that's almost like threshold for, you know, for getting even considered, uh, is that that person's out there finding not only features and benefits, but they're finding information about what uh, actual users are saying, what mm. your customers are saying, what your competitors are saying, uh, uh, you know, that, that, you know, that access to perfect information now, you know, changes what we as sales and marketers uh, need to be providing. Now we need to be making sense of all that information and providing insight and showing uh, somebody maybe how to take that information and apply it uh, in ways that they never thought of. And mm -hmm. and so the, the job actually of the salesperson, I think, has changed uh, dramatically. And, and along with that, I, I, I think you can make a case for saying that, that maybe even the skill sets that uh, were required uh, in kind of the prototypical salesperson have changed dramatically too because I, I if we're asking them to do things like be more analytical, uh, write content, uh, um, <clears throat> present content in, in the form of, of you know, workshops and, and then actually uh, stay more involved after the sale and, and be an advocate for the customer and serve the customer and, and make sure that the customer is actually uh, receiving the outcome that, that was promised, uh, then we might also need to start looking for a, a little different makeup. And, and certainly we need to be providing different training and be, and be measuring that salesperson uh, differently than we are today. Mm. Well, it, it's almost like the salesperson is... Uh, almost like a super fan of the product and is so excited about the product that they're constantly re-educating it and, and finding interesting things about it. So when they do encounter a client or, or a potential uh, customer, they are actually very enthused. They're not sales enthused. They're enthused because they're a fan. Yeah, I think that's I think that's always been true. I I, mm. I just I can't imagine selling something you didn't truly believe in. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think that there I, I think even people that that maybe don't have classic selling a lot of business owners, uh, for example, don't have classic selling training. Don't uh, don't aren't very polished maybe as as speakers, but but they so believe in the the results that their product or service can deliver that that it comes off as as truly genuine. Mm. Passion always sells. Yeah, it really does. So let's talk a little bit about your book. You've got it uh, broken up into three parts. Uh, mindset and the new sales guide. We've got uh, practices for the new sales guide and the world of the new sales uh, coach. What's the difference between the first, because you've got two guys and then you've got a kind of got a coach. Yeah, so the the first two segments are written. First, I was trying to get into that individual salesperson's 
head to say, hey, you have to think about how you're going to change the context of how you're even seen. I mean, you're going to have to start thinking differently, acting differently. Uh, section two really says, okay, and here's all the new things. Here's all the new practices, mm-hmm. uh, the, the tools, uh, the new ways that you need to you know, come to market. Um, and then section three is really for that, uh, that sales leadership. So I wanted to write a book um, that, that, that also, or I wanted to at least provide information to where that individual salesperson could get really jazzed about this but but in a lot of cases if the company uh, if the the leadership uh, you know the the idea doesn't come from the top down in some ways it's going to be a hard sell for a, for an individual salesperson who maybe is measured only on closing deals and making calls and making dials and and what I'm suggesting is that for for this to work for the benefit of the customer, it actually has to come from from sales management, and that's what that uh, coach or that third segment is all about. Is the the tools that I think that the VP of sales or the or even the the, the business owner uh, needs to employ in order to attract the right people, to train the right people, to measure uh, the right things, and and to really adopt this mindset uh, as a company and as a culture uh, more than just uh, as as an individual kind of rogue salesperson doing their own thing mm. well you, you you did a you mentioned a very good point there's like attracting the right type of person what should the the business owner be looking for as as the the new hierarchy for for the salesperson what what skill sets well i think that i think that in many ways it's 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 you know, you need analytical thinkers. Uh, mm. You need people who maybe uh, are not necessarily engineers. Uh, although, if if your product is highly technical, I th- I think that a sales engineer, you know, type of of approach might make sense. You need evangelists who uh, who really want. I mean, who who can embrace some of the things like sharing content and working in uh, one-on-one in social media and 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 actually maybe producing content. But it, but I think it's it's more this service mentality uh, and this customer advocate mentality and this idea that your job's not not necessarily to show up and sell as much as it is to show up and be useful uh, and provide value. And, and I think that that's a different. Uh, uh, I, I think we're asking salespeople to do different things, and that pro- those are probably some different skill sets. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, we've got a social media department. We've we've hired right. all these people. They're writing stuff," and you go in and they know nothing about the business. Yeah, how can you be writing stuff, being uh, doing proper social media if you're not impassioned about it? Why aren't they hiring people or moving people within the company that really understand what it's all about and well, having them write? Well, and I spend a lot of time in this book talking about the sales and marketing getting together. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, look at all the marketing departments out there that decide who the customer is and what the core message is and what the value proposition is, and they've never actually talked to a customer. <laughs> uh, you know, imagine the va- the value, and this isn't universal, but it, but I see it in a lot of companies. The salespeople know what the customer truly does appreciate what motivates them, what they think is valuable at your company, and and why they remain a customer. In many cases, I think the salespeople are are really an an untapped uh, asset that that marketing needs to be paying attention to. And and quite frankly, um, I, I suggest uh, you know sending salespeople out. Uh, um, in you know, I, I I use an old school term, but is you know ride-alongs. I mean, go mm. go out and make calls with the salespeople so that you uh, really can understand what's going on down at the floor level, as opposed to uh, uh, sitting in in marketing meetings and doing market research uh, uh, that that's really not um, not based 
I think, as fully in the customer's world as it should be. Yeah, the, the, the issue of relevance is, is key, I think. Um, so we've got a bunch of ride-along people sitting in, in cars and sitting in on meetings and stuff like that, learning how or what the customer needs. It seems to me we need people that are into more creative thinking more than anything else. Yeah, I, I think that's and that's a tough one because you know people feel like they either have that or they don't have that. But I, and there certainly are people that are more attuned to that in their world. Uh, but I think that I think I think you're absolutely right that that's probably the the, the killer skill that that needs to be uh, developed uh, in salespeople because I I think that you know most buyer a lot of buyers today certainly don't want. I mean, I think they dread, you know, having a salesperson call them because there's been so many bad experiences with that. And so they certainly don't want to uh, open that door, I think, until they're pretty far down the decision path. They've done a whole bunch of research. Or maybe they've eliminated a lot of people and created a, a short list. And so I think that if you really want to be a superstar salesperson today, you need to be I talk about, uh, I think I use this phrase, you need to be you, making problems uh, visible and tangible before that customer's even uh, thought about them in many cases. Mm-hmm. And so so coming up with, with completely, instead of waiting for a customer to say, I need you to propose X, you're actually saying, well, what if we, what if you thought about this challenge in this way? Um, and, and to use your term, uh, really coming up with creative ideas uh, to to ultimately sell your products and services, but 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 hopefully to first uh, kind of really demonstrate that that you're somebody that they want to have around because you're somebody asking the hard questions, you're somebody presenting information nobody else is even talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it goes back to the, what we were talking about earlier: is uh, when you meet the person for the first time, it's not like, "Hey, here's a product. I, I, let me just jam this down your throat." It's like, "Hey, where are you suffering? Where's your problem? How can I help right. you?" Right. And like you say, the answer might not be my product, but if I'm constantly helping this person, I become the go-to person for solutions. Yeah, and 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 so then what happens is they they welcome you because because <laughs> they know that it's going to be a good experience. They know that you're actually maybe going to be provide some help. Uh, you're going to be I keep using the term useful uh, in their world. And so uh, there are a lot of salespeople I think that have built a reputation uh, that that really allows uh, their customers to actually say, Hey, I'd, I'd like you to I'd just like to discuss something with you. You know, here's something we're thinking about. And, and so you're, you, you get seen as, I mean, you completely change the context. You're not seen as that salesperson. All of a sudden, you're, you're somebody that's part of their consulting team. Yeah. Um, you've got a lot of books. Does this book come in a particular order? Should we read some of the other books first, or is it a standalone book? Well, I, 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 if I look at my books, you know, collectively, I don't think there's necessarily an order. I think that if you're a small business owner, uh, duct tape marketing is is certainly the the overview of my marketing system. I, my second book, uh, The Referral Engine, uh, again, is very much a marketing book, but I think uh, people, particularly in, in professional services who feel like the only way they can generate business is by, by word of mouth or referral, uh, will find a lot to like in, in the referral engine. And, and duct tape selling, as I said, I, I think is maybe an evolution of, of sorts of, of duct tape marketing, but, uh, but certainly spoken in the language of either an entrepreneur or, or an individual salesperson. Hmm. 
Okay, so I ask this question to all uh, my, my guest authors, and this one's going to be a little trickier for you because you've got so many books. But, you know, you've got a vast amount of knowledge. You know what you're talking about. You've written many, many books. When you were writing these books and, and putting it down on paper, for you, what is the combined aha moment? Not just for this book, but for all your books. What is something that constantly becomes recrystallized? It's like, wow, that is such a truth. Well, the, the, just the first thing that popped in my mind when you uh, said that is that, the, to me, the truth really is that you just can't ever get close enough to the customer. And that, that I think that that all of my books have maybe been increasingly more personal in that way when I talk about uh, the marketing that you do. Um, and, and I don't know if that's if, if that's truly an aha or if it's more of an evolution. <laughs> but, but I think that, that what's interesting is that the more technology and tools and, and ways that we can actually distance ourselves from the customer um, that, that we create, I think the more important uh, that, that, that we actually be spending time, uh, you know, right out there talking on the phone, really taking – you know, half-baked ideas to them and saying, what do you think? Uh, and, and I think that that uh, over the last 10 years has probably become uh, really more important than ever. It's very interesting. Half-baked, uh, it's almost like the uh, strive and pivot, strive and pivot, and using that in a sales approach where it's like, hey, what do you think about this idea? Maybe that'll help your company. No, okay, no big deal. Then taking yeah. that knowledge, come back. I've been thinking about that. What about this? And eventually the guy's going to say, that's it. That's awesome. How do we execute? Yeah, I, I I talk quite a bit about this idea that sales, and and it's not going to be true for everybody. I mean, if you sell a twenty nine dollar product, it is what it is. But I, but I think in a lot of selling situations, uh, you really need to approach it as a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you do that, uh, you'll ultimately, I, I think you will end up with the best possible result in many cases. Hmm. Um. Let's say I, I'm I'm a sales guy. I've read this book. I'm in an organization that doesn't really think this way. How do I communicate this? How do I sell this concept to my boss so I can be doing duct tape selling? Well, I, I think the easiest way is, is you start doing a few things, get a few wins, and, and all of a sudden people start taking note um, <laughs> that, that, hey, so what, what are you doing that's working? I think that's, uh, I, I think that's true trying to sell it through an, an entire organization even, uh, that if I were a sales manager, I would give them the same advice. Don't just tell everybody, okay, now we're blogging. Uh, get a couple people that you know can embrace it, get some wins, get everybody to, to, to get excited about it. <laughs> through through proof of of it being effective, uh, but you know one of the things that I that I stress in this book a lot is that that you know if if you read the entire book you, you you'd come away with saying okay you know there's a lot I have to do here and how do I get it all done <laughs> uh, whether you're an owner or or a salesperson but. I think that you have to view, uh, the, particularly the salesperson, you have to view that you're building a career and, and that you look at what you're doing as a career. And I think a lot of people uh, can use the analogy of the, that person that, that is working in a career that goes back and gets an MBA or something at night uh, as, as an investment. Uh, in their in you know their career, mm-hmm. and I think that if salespeople start thinking in terms of doing things that I talk about in this book, listening better, developing uh, tools, learning some of the tools that allow them to get more insight, producing content, building their authority. I mean, all the things that that I talk about, they have to start looking at those as an investment in themselves. And uh, one of the things I know that if they put in the time and the and the effort, they will make themselves more valuable to their customers. 
excuse me, which will ultimately make them more valuable to their company. Mm. Uh, and, and I think that the one thing that, and there are a couple of examples in the book that I share, uh, that, that there are salespeople that have done this and all of a sudden built a reputation that really had a lot of other companies coming after them, uh, looking for them to say, hey, I, you know, you've, you've built this expertise and this reputation and this, uh, this authority, and we'd like you to come work for us. And I think if you're working in an organization that doesn't appreciate that, um, one of the nice things about building that asset is that it, in many cases, can be very portable. Yeah. It, it, uh, in fact, that's probably one of the most terrifying things for an owner, and maybe why they're not letting people do it a lot, is they realize, like, wow, this person's publishing uh, under their brand. They're not publishing under my brand, or if they are publishing under my brand, it's their name there. And if they walk away, but, I, you know, to for for people that are really good at what they do, when they walk away, they walk away with their customers as well. They walk away with those relationships. Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're going to. I mean, now we we can we can get into a lot of different areas of <laughs> culture yeah. and whatnot. But I, I think the mo- the healthiest cultures uh, that I've ever been around, um, the the owner realized that I, you know if I raise that person up and they succeed, uh, a some percentage of them are going to be really happy and they're going to remain loyal because this is the place they were meant to be. Um, or I'll find somebody else and I'll raise that person and I continue to, uh, to you know, that I'm doing this to, to really benefit our customers and our business. And, and ultimately, yes, I'm going to lose some of those people. Yeah. Um, so let's flip that on, on, um, on his head. And, and as the owner, you're, you know, you read the books and say, wow, I've got to evolve my sales team or I've got to make things happen. There are key people in the organization that I think will benefit from this book, but there's other people that I, they're just not going to get it. Should you consider um, changing uh, changing your people? Well, I, I think you always need to assess, do I have the right people in the right places at the right time? I, mm. I think that's something that a business owner always needs to be assessing. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that you clean house. I mean, one of the challenges is, is that, you know, maybe some amount of, of training, maybe some amount of trial and error, uh, maybe some amount of coaching, you know, has to go on uh, before you uh, make come to a conclusion that maybe you don't have the right people. But uh, I, I think that's true of every position in any company. Mm. Yeah, it's either, it's, it's it, don't use it as an excuse. You know, yeah. as a salesperson, ah, my boss doesn't get it, so I'm not going to do it. And the boss is like, I don't get it, so I'm not going to tell anybody. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, that, that that's a kind of a dead end because, mm. I mean, what we're really talking about is, is you know, this is what it's going to take to survive and thrive today. And so you can wait it. You can wait for another couple of years, but I don't think any of this is going away. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. One of the amazing things about this book is you really you you lay it all out. It's like. So you said, like we read the book. There's a lot of things to do. Um, for our listening audience, what is one thing that they can do today to get into the right headspace, or you know, start moving towards uh, duct tape selling? Well, I, I, the first chapter is actually listen. It talks about listening. Mm. Uh, its title is "Listen Perceptively," and I think that uh, that that when any, anybody comes to me and says, you know, what should I be doing first? 
how can I use social networking more? How can I get involved in content marketing? To me, the first step is is to pay attention to how it's being done. Um, pay attention to how your customers are using all these new tools. And and there are some pretty incredible tools these days that, that make it really easy for us to have access to that research, to be paying attention to journalists in our, in our industry and competitors and, and customers and prospects. And, and, and frankly, with a lot of organizations and a lot of individuals that I've worked with, when I get them to actually set up what I call listening stations and get very good at paying attention to uh, what their existing customers are, are doing and saying, all of a sudden the light bulb really goes on about how valuable some of these uh, new tactics and techniques and, and networks are. Um, and, and then all of a sudden they, they, they start to realize the, the ROI they can get by, by participating in some of these new uh, practices and new tools. Mm. Uh, where do people go to get more information? Because obviously being a blogger, you've got tons of new information, I'm sure. Well, I, I do. Um, I mean, uh, duct tape marketing, D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E marketing is where I house most uh, of the content that I write uh, routinely and all the free information that we put out there. And then uh, there is actually a site uh, just for the book as well, ducttapeselling.com. Uh, you know, I've been to duct tape marketing and... Uh, there's a lot of stuff on that blog, dude. <laughs> so for the people that go there for the first time so they don't get information shock and run away, where do you recommend they go? Um, probably the easiest thing is I, I put out a weekly newsletter uh, that's mm. free. Uh, that's probably as good a place as any. Uh, the blog itself, uh, you might uh, – find a, a category uh, that is particularly interesting to you. Uh, I also do a weekly podcast. Um, and then probably the easiest uh, of all is we've got eight or 10 uh, uh, eBooks uh, from you know, 10 to 40 pages of uh, really on uh, a deep dive into one uh, uh, p particular topic that you might be interested in. So mm. all of that's there. Um, I didn't give you a very good one place to go, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the but, thing is you get so much information yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, let's going back, let's say, you know, let's look at your website, how much information, all the things you've done. If you're an organization that has done this, how do you deal with pointing the people in the right direction? Should, is the newsletter the only way to go? No, no I, I mean, we don't do as good a job of this as, uh, as, as I would like us to, and it's an mm -hmm. area that we're really working on. Uh, there's some really pretty great tools now to start, uh, well, well, first off, if, if you, you know, offering people choices, offering them paths, mm -hmm. offering them if you're looking for X, go you know, go down this path. If yeah. you're looking for Y, go down this path. Uh, there's some pretty great software now that, that can help that, you know, be, even ask people questions uh, that, that will actually say, okay, uh, you know, now we've got the, the customized path for you based on the answers to these questions. There, there's really some pretty cool stuff out there. Yeah, it's almost like uh, you've got to have your sales guys and, uh, and your communication people using your website and the blog as uh, as their librarians and people coming in with questions instead of sending it to, to, to an FAQ page saying, oh yeah, here's three posts that I think will help you out. Get back to me if you need more information. Uh, completely, yeah. And that's a, that's a really nice, easy way for uh, salespeople or service people to get involved in the content marketing aspect, but in a much more personal way because they're not just putting out you know, everything. They're saying, hey, here's, here's exactly what we, you were talking about or what you wanted. Here's the exact information you need. So I, I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. That means that they have to actually read the blog. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's the tricky part. 
John, thanks for coming on the show. It was awesome. Really look forward to uh, having the opportunity to chat with you again. And uh, for everybody out there listening, definitely get this book. It's a killer. Actually, get any of his books. They are fun to read, chock full of information, and, and well worth the time and effort. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, leave comments, or make a request on our website, businessbooktalk.com. See you next week.